Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast. This is episode 12 for April 20th, 2017. With me, as always, Chris Salamone from Four Eyes Furniture. What's up, everybody? And Benueta from Homemade Modern. Hello. Hey, what's up? Smooth intro. I like it. We, we <laughs> nailed only, that, man. If only First the shot. listeners knew. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are y'all working on this week? Anything Anything exciting for anybody? I'll go first. Um, so I got back from a steel yard today, and I picked up a giant I-beam that weighs about 300 pounds. Whoa. And inspired by Mike's uh, power carving, I'm going to try it out of uh, steel. Awesome. So I got a W12 by 53 beam. And so the W12 means how tall it is. It's like the height of the of the web. And the 53 is pounds per foot. Uh, oh wow so for every foot of beam it weighs 53 pounds so how how long of a beam did you get about five and a half feet so it's uh it's close to 300 (laughs) so i I picked it up today uh it was actually really cool how they loaded it into uh the car uh they use like a gantry crane with a little bit of an assist from a forklift so uh that was a lot of fun and speaking of cars uh I'm doing a deal with Acura, so they're a new sponsor, and so they sent me this really cool like SUV. So uh, okay. I've been that's been driving. Now like, it well, makes more sense. I was like, <laughs> I was worried about that when I was like, man, you're crazy. You're gonna scratch your car. No, uh, well, we put down one of those like moving blankets and stuff, and it was actually yeah. fine. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's uh, so normally I always have things delivered. So now I'm sort of doing more little mini road trips. So. You'll see me on the road more. I'll be doing more sort of like camping and be going out to the forest soon to, to cut down a tree and haul some wood back. Um, so since they gave me access to a larger vehicle, I'm going to go start picking up larger pieces of uh, furniture so, or material. So other than that, um, almost done with uh, the plywood sofa, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I think it's like a very useful piece of furniture. And, uh, yeah, getting ready to power carve a 300-pound block of steel. I was about to say, what do you you got any ideas on what you're going to make with it? Uh, probably some sort of table or bench type thing. Nothing, nothing too complicated. Yeah. Uh, I think I'll, I'll probably be using, like, an angle grinder for, for cutting and shaping it and then eventually sort of sanding it smooth. Um, I know a, a bunch of people say, why don't you use a torch? Well... I don't have a torch and I have <laughs> yeah. an angle grinder. So I'm, I'm using that. Uh, right. and you know, a, a $50 angle grinder is a little bit of e- with the plugs in is a little bit easier setup. I think it's also just like a comfort factor, like starting to work with like gas tanks and things like that, I think is a little bit, even though it's probably not more dangerous or anything like that. Once you know what you're doing, I think there's a little bit more barrier of entry for, for people that haven't, you know, wielded fire quite that way. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. What are you working on, Chris? So before I start here, I got to remember a couple of weeks back, we talked about Sawdust Confessional. Yeah. We had, okay. So I had one, I had one submitted. So I'll go ahead and read that first. Sweet. This was uh, written in by Howie Withrow. And he says, before I started working with wood, I was more of a painter slash artist. In order to get the creative juices flowing, I would have a glass of wine or three, you know, to get in that relaxed state of mind. Fast forward to when I switched mediums to wood. I thought I could do the same thing and get a little tipsy when building something. That Uh is, until I had a little mishap (laughs) with the belt sander and sanded most of the skin off of my knuckles. I should have known how incredibly stupid that was and have since gained great respect for my power tools. Hashtag sawdust confessional. 
Yeah, you don't mess around with belt sanders. I've I've lost uh, the tips of my fingernails pretty pretty far before. Yeah, it's it's funny. Definitely don't do any sort of power tool operation while impaired. Although one of the <laughs> interesting things that I got into a discussion with one of my friends though is whether or not that applies to things like Ritalin or Adderall. Um, and I think those are I mean those are becoming more and more sort of you know prevalent things. Mm-hmm. And uh, what he was sort of saying is that when he's on Adderall, he tends to sort of zone out a little bit, like he's almost autopiling it. Um, and he doesn't do anything rash, and it's not like his dexterity is impaired, but he gets a little bit worried about safety sometimes because he's just so sort of kind yeah. of zombing his way through something. Yeah, wow. Well. Yeah, I think with most people, it probably affects everybody differently. So it's just kind of how does yeah. it affect you and then make the best decision based off of that. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely no no drinking and power tools. <laughs> yeah. I know no. there's like a certain sort of yeah, people think that's manliness. Yeah, it's 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 just get a nice whiskey and and walnut. <laughs> yeah, but certainly you know, sketchbook sketchbook. Drinking and sketching there you go. That I can get behind. Just don't use yeah, my, a really sharp pen. Yeah, yeah, you might get more creative even. Exactly. <laughs> so yes. uh, anyway, to what I'm working on. I started a little bit on the two by four challenge on cool. uh, Sunday. So I have to admit something straight off the bat, and that's that I'm already using three two by fours, but I'm not <laughs> using it for material. I'm using it because I didn't realize like how quickly I was gonna go through stuff. And so I didn't I couldn't film everything that I was doing. So I had to get a third piece actually just to get enough shots to make my video. So it's kinda like oh. when you watch a cooking show, how they'll make two of them. It's yeah. kinda like that. You're so pulling basically- a project out of the oven. Yeah, totally exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's really just about it's it's funny too. Everyone immediately obsesses about the rules and stuff, but we're just saying it's it's just a departure point. It's not to sort of confine things. It's to have a place to start so that you aren't feeling confined because you know exactly where to begin this sort of creative process. So right. roughly about the volume of two two-by-fours. And I don't care if they're 12-foot long or 8-foot long. It's yeah. just here's a nice, clean unit of measure. Start with that. See what you make. Well, mine are 8 feet, and I'm using, like, I would say 90 eight percent of them like there's just like two little tiny chunks that are left over were you going for that were you trying to squeeze it like live on the edge i don't know if we're supposed to yeah i don't know if we're supposed to say what we're making but basically if you want go for it if not okay well so it's a bench and so because it's a bench the the length of it was a variable so i could because of that i could kind of use up as much of the wood as I wanted to because I could just, you know, make it an inch longer and then I use up more of the wood. So, but it it turned out it's like, I'd say the dimension is just right for two kids because it's a kid's bench. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's how Uh, I was able to easily utilize or control how much of the wood I'm I'm using. I'm making a bench too, so we'll have to Uh, to uh compare notes. Kids or adults? (laughs) Out of two Uh, by fours? Yeah. Oh, wow. uh, I, I didn't really differentiate. Um, it was like a, a narrow bench. Um, so I, I was in like the Muji store uh, and I saw this really cool bench and it wasn't that wide. And I was like, oh, it was almost like a sawhorse kind mm-hmm. of bench. Um, and I thought that made a lot of sense. And they, they had it sort of staged where they would like had it at the foot of a bed. And it was a place to sort of just, you know, sit and take your shoes off or sort of like, you know, lay out clothes and stuff across yeah. And it just seems smart because you don't really need that much width because it's not a place where you sit for hours, like, waiting for the bus. It's something where you, Anything you sit as, like, a staging. or Right, exactly. Right. Um, and so I thought that was kind of cool. So, okay. Uh, yeah, ours will probably be pretty different. Mine's more of, like, it, it's almost like an elongated seat because it's got, like, a backrest and everything. 
Oh, cool. Awesome. I'm excited. Did you see that uh, our friend and weekend show alumni interview yeah. slash guest, Izzy Swan, already published a YouTube video for his entry to the 2x4, the 2 2x4 challenge? Yeah, I saw that really he had cool. posted something on Instagram. I haven't watched the video yet. I'll go to check oh, it out. Oh, man, you need to. Yeah, yeah he made cool. a uh, He made like a end table, but the top of it looks like a jigsaw t- puzzle. That's pretty cool. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's not a yeah. picture of it. So what do you got going, Mike? Uh, this week, I put out the desk video. It came out good. I've been getting good feedback. I, I uh, made myself vulnerable and showed my mistakes. And everyone yeah, I was, was going to really say, nice you, could have, it. you could have easily I, hid them. Like, there's no way you'd oh, have yeah. been able to tell in the video. But Oh, yeah. It made but, for I mean, a good I figured video. If, it, if it helps somebody, like, see that if you can make a small mistake and just keep going, it's no big deal. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, It was worth sure. it. And then now... I am working not on my two two by four challenge. I've got that kind of on the back burner. That's what I'm going to be working on for the next kind of two weeks, probably along when I have free time with other projects, because it's going to be a little bit more of a longer project. So I got inspired by the channel Get Hands Dirty. Y'all are familiar with that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good stuff. Yeah. uh, She just posted a video, I think this last week about taking a set of old laptop speakers and basically making oh, yeah. a new housing forum and stuff. She used that, uh, it's colored MDF. I think it's what it is. Uh, yeah. I think it's called, uh, like Velcromat or Valcromat, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. but anyways, I'm not using that, but I thought it was really cool. So I'll, I'll link to that video down in the description. If you guys haven't checked it out already, it's really cool, but mine's not going to look really anything like hers, but I kind of got inspired by her post or her video to kind of try it out. Cause I've been wanting to do it for a while and I've got a video sponsored by Audible, so I figured that's a good project to kind of go along with it. Uh, oh, nice. Listen, Shout out to Audible. Yeah, get, get some audiobooks and listen to them on the speakers you made, you know? So should be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting started on that today, so it should be out uh, probably Thursday. Whenever this podcast is out, I'll probably have the video out. Audible's always one of those sponsors that whenever they sort of reach out and say, hey, we want to do a video, I, I always say yes, just because... I actually like their stuff. Exactly. It's, uh, it's a great service. <laughs> I know. That's like that's like right now, I think we're all working with Squarespace right now. And I was like an immediate yes. I'm like, yeah, I've been using Squarespace for a really long time. Yeah, I definitely want. I, I recommend you to people all the time anyways. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Con- conversely, I had, you know how you get like a lot of those requests sometimes and they definitely haven't checked out your YouTube channel. Yeah. And right. sort of send you, hey, we really like your channel. Yeah. You seem like <laughs> you're like, doing a great team job. team at... Fill in the blank. And for some reason, they were asking me if I wanted to do like uh, like makeup or beauty tutorials. Um, <laughs> Come on, man. and they they have this like they sell these like exfoliating brushes, and I was like, you Broaden know, your horizons. I'm not against trying it, but I don't think I am your typical demographic yeah. fit, uh, fit. But hey, good for you for. Uh, yeah. If you're really was... looking to sell stuff to 35 year old males, uh... yes. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, since since uh, Mike's ripping off Get Hands Dirty for this week's video, maybe that takes us into our topic of intellectual property. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, that's, so. that's a great segue. <laughs> Thank the, you. The thinking I was for this one is that, um, you know, especially on sort of YouTube or the making community, every once in a while there'll be uh, uh, on the positive side, people sort of giving shout outs to each other, saying this was inspired by this person or that. And sometimes on the negative side, people saying, oh, you copied that person or that person's copying that person. Yeah. Um, and I think those those discussions often get a little bit uh, messy. And they're often, I think, uh, uh, not really rooted in any actual sort of uh, 
observable, disciplined kind of basis. Um, so I thought uh, the topic of intellectual property and just what your guys' uh, approaches are to it uh, would be sort of interesting. Now, that being said, I think there's sort of a there's sort of two ways to talk about it. One is from like a sort of legal and a business side, and one is more from a creative and ethical side. But I think both of them are are really important. Um, so I'll, I'll just to sort of kick things off is I always get people sort of emailing me or tagging me in Instagram posts and saying, "Oh my God, this person is copying or or ripping you off your your work." Yeah. So right. I click over to the post. And if I see someone that made something that's similar to what I made, that's there's no part of me that thinks that was stolen or ripped off or right. taken. Those words don't even bother it because I'm not selling them. They're, they're Most of the time, they're not selling it. They're making it for their own use. They saw something that I published with the intent of people seeing it, and then they made something similar. Yeah. Uh, so whether my intent is to provide direct instructional DIY or just a demonstration of my work, the very fact that I'm not just making it available to see, but in many ways actively promoting it on cross channels, I feel like it's a little bit disingenuous of me to be like, oh, my God, how yeah, dare that's you? Mine. No, 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 no. <laughs> It'd be like saying, look at this, look at yeah. this, look at this. And then when someone says, yeah, I saw it and I did it. And you'd be like, oh, that's terrible. No, no. So that that's my sort of stance on it sort of ethically. Now, my business model is to produce media. So when somebody takes one of my videos and then re-uploads it to their YouTube <laughs> channel or their Facebook yep. page without asking, without attribution, then I start to feel, okay, that's, that's, that's a little bit different. Because in my case, my designs, uh, I mean, I have been involved in patents for the the u by four and a couple other uh projects in the past um and if somebody was making and selling those or making those and then selling them uh I, i'm sure there would be some issue right. uh between uh, the companies that i've licensed the patents to um but in the case of homemade modern uh my patent or my trademark stuff is or the stuff that's you know my intellectual property is the content itself and that's the only really thing that I uh, uh, protect. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I actually, uh, I think it was yesterday, I got a comment or a message on YouTube from a guy sending me a link to somebody that had taken my video and cropped out anywhere I had any of my own logos or anytime I said modern builds in the video or put any like overlay anything. <laughs> like it was like, not only did he, like he didn't just straight rip the video, he downloaded it, went through it and cut anywhere out that I, you know, that I was in it or that I, my name was in it or modern builds was in it. So I, he, he did that to a couple some of guy named Mark. Yeah, some, yeah, it was some guy named Mark. I don't know. <laughs> But no, and the worst part about it is like the one video the guy linked to me had like 150,000 views on it. I'm like, dang, like I've had it happen quite a few times where people have taken a video of mine, but it seems like they always never get many views or anything like that. Um, So I was like, I was kind of surprised that a it had a ton of views and that I had never noticed it yet. So I need to figure out something where. I can get like a content ID thing on my video to where YouTube just like can scan everything and like let me know when people have ripped my videos because I have a feeling it's happened a few times and it's not been caught. So, you know, the the content ID production, that's uh, multi-channel networks in the sort of YouTube uh, business get sort of a bad name, but that's 
that's the one area where I think that they're awesome is they run all that for you and yeah. uh, you don't have to deal with it. So I, I've actually had very few uh, issues dealing with that because the, 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 the MCNs I've worked with have, have always sort of taken care of it. Yeah, I, I've never worked with an MCN, but that's been one of the things that I've considered was for that reason. Although I did hear about uh, there was one network that I think it's I don't I'm not going to say the name of it just cuz I don't think it's important. Mm-hmm. But there was a multi-channel network that got hacked and all of the creators that were on that network, every one of their videos, like the title got changed to some kind of like I don't know what it was, but they changed the title and description of every one of their videos with like some kind of hashtag something or another. But I was oh, like, no. man, that makes me really not want to get one. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm usually pretty good at getting, like, weird passwords that I don't think people will pick out. But I'm, but if it's, if it's someone else other than me that gets me hacked, I'd be pretty bummed out about that. Yeah, that would be worse. <laughs> but, yeah, when it, comes to, when it comes to designs, like like you were saying, we're putting the information out there to enable people to build it. So if, if someone's out there making content on how to make things and then gets mad about people making it, they're, they're, doing, they're in the wrong business because that's what we're all doing. We're all sharing ideas, sharing designs. And that's, I think, what's making the maker movement progress like it is, is you don't have to go to the library and get a book or you don't have to go buy issues of fine woodworking to figure out how to make stuff now. You just Google it and you've got more information than you'd ever need. Um, and I think that's really the resurgence in making is because of not what we're doing. That would be pretty, pretty egotistical, but like the whole idea of the online content out there just for free and able for anybody mm-hmm. to use. One of the other sort of things that I, or questions I get is people ask whether or not they should sort of patent their designs. Like someone will get really excited about a design. And they'll be like, Oh, I think I, I think I should patent this. Uh, so recently a friend that's in sort of like exercise and fitness uh, she feels like she came up with like a new uh, an idea for like a new piece of sort of like Pilates type exercising equipment, um, and she was asking me about whether or not she should patent it and stuff. And obviously, I'm not a, a, a lawyer or I'm not giving official sort of legal advice. Right. But in general, as a sort of entrepreneur, one of the things that I have seen is that uh, people spend money on like patents, like the way they do on domain names, right? Like how many sort of entrepreneurially minded people, you know, have had like a business idea and then like in the middle of the night and then they went like on GoDaddy or something and like bought yeah. a domain name that <laughs> they then sat on for like yeah. years and years. I know, I know I've done that with a, with a few of them. And basically, if I look at uh, if I look at all the domain names I own, it'd be like a catalog of sort of like weird ideas, previous business ideas that I had <laughs> that I didn't execute on. Um, so. Knowing that that's actually the case uh, and knowing that sort of most ideas aren't as good as we initially sort of think they are, my advice is normally to sort of patent, don't spend money on a patent until you're like pretty close to having the design completely worked out and knowing what you're sort of like, uh, where you're going to go to sort of uh, get it manufactured and all those things. Obviously, you don't want to have someone else steal your designs, but most designs aren't really worth stealing, to be honest. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, it's normally our own sort of uh, excitement and anticipation that makes us sort of overvalue them. Um, so in, in general, I say is always push as far as you absolutely can go on sort of prototyping and stuff like that. If you're worried about sending it to you know a factory that might give you quoting on mass production because they'll steal it. Very few people want to steal something unless it's like already proven to make money. Yeah, um, right. So if it's like, you know, obviously like a new type of, you know, computer code or something like that that's very 
you know, uh, could be very valuable, then obviously, you know, do what you should do. But for like furniture and stuff like that, uh, it's, it's not as, uh, even if it's the best design ever, but it's never sold a single unit. Yeah. Very few people are probably going to want to steal it. Okay. And one question I had, I guess, running on that, like with furniture designs, furniture is so derivative at least at least what i think right. like what like i'm building what i'm thinking a lot of people are building is relatively derivative from like other designs can you like copyright a ton of furniture or, or put patents on yeah you, you you can do it in a few ways um and again you know refer to all your own uh sort of legal expertise to to talk right. about it is pretty complex um you can patent uh, both like processes and sort of like uh, functions oh, okay. of like specific designs, um, but also sort of ways of making things as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's like I don't think I've like my most copied project has probably been the bucket stool, right? And so, for example, uh, Lowe's. Uh, they directly copied yeah. uh, <laughs> one of my that, videos. Yeah. And then uh, BuzzFeed and sort of uh, Nifty, they copied it uh, as well. Um, you know, even if I had tried to sort of patent the idea of putting three sticks into <laughs> a bucket so of many concrete, of concrete <laughs> yeah. right? And uh, I'm sure I wasn't the first person to do it. I think I was the first person to sort of do it publicly yeah, and it. get notice for it. But I'm sure somebody in the history of something stuck three sticks into concrete and then pulled it out. And I was like, either accidentally or not. <laughs> um, it would have only been patentable if Ben invented the bucket. Right. So, I mean, I probably could have patented something around yeah. that. But again, just because I did that, it doesn't really necessarily grant me anything because even if i was to say okay lowe's and buzzfeed those are big companies i can now sue you because you copied my thing not Mm -hmm. really uh it would be dubious as to whether or not i could win and have to sort of uh, show that they actually made money off of off of it and that that was significant and i would have to show how i also lost money because of them doing it and when it comes to the actual amounts that you would look at it'd be like yeah, not really, <laughs> not really worth the, the the legal fees. Yeah. Um, so in general, I don't worry about those things. Now it still is a little bit, you know, it's not the most polite behavior to sort of do those without attribution. Right. But that's that's what happens all the time, and it also could be you know things got lost in the food chain. You know, the person, the creative team that actually was responsible for coming up with the idea, maybe they wanted to credit it, and then their boss is like, no, we can't acknowledge that. You know, we're just taking this as our own. Yeah, um, I think that's the so, biggest part about it is as long as you, as long as you're doing something, if it's inspired by someone else, awesome, that's great. Just attribute them for it. Let them know that, like, hey, I this is based off of this. Like in the video for the speakers, at the end of it, I'm going to say, go check out the channel, get hands yeah. dirty, if you want to see more speaker builds. This is where I got my inspiration, so maybe you can also benefit from that. You know? Yeah. Here, let me jump in here. I've been real quiet, so uh, you have. I'm going to continue. Okay, no, now I'll talk. All right, so um, I think, yeah, a lot of what I was planning on saying, you guys have already said, but that's kind of obvious that all of us are going to be, you know, in favor of sharing ideas as evidenced by the fact that we started YouTube channels. Um, but <laughs> yeah. in a way, so tell me, sometimes I think I'm kind of hypocritical, so I'll tell you why. Um, well, actually, first, let me say that on the first point, I guess 
the reason that I'm good with giving away ideas is because I really like the idea of moving on to the next thing. So like you have an idea, you explore it, you move on to the next thing. And I feel like if you do hold on to those ideas that you end up just kind of stifling yourself and I don't know, you're just kind of like shackling yourself to those ideas, but away from that. So onto the hypocritical thing, um, I do. So like I said, I'm fine with giving away ideas, but there are a couple ideas that I've had that I do hold on to still and that I've never really told anybody about. And What are they? Well, here they are. Oh, <laughs> on, wait, get out of pen and paper. <laughs> no, so uh, I can, I'll vaguely tell you, but basically before I even got into woodworking, one of the things that got me into furniture design was I was having a couple ideas for these modular shelving and like room divider pieces. And I didn't know how to produce them. And that's what actually kind of led me into woodworking was because I thought, okay, well, wood is a medium that I can learn and start building things. And then maybe that takes me down the path to getting to to this. And since then, I just kind of put them on the back burner and, you know, I'll, I'll think of them every couple months. But for the most part, I'm not really worried about them. I'm not pursuing them. I have different ideas. But it's something that, like, I still don't really talk about just because I always want it on the back burner for if there is ever that opportunity to do something with it. Then the other area where that's kind of hypocritical of me, but I'll, I'll tell you why I don't think it is and what, how I would justify it, is something that I get pressure a lot from people is making plans, um, selling plans. And so I imagine, yeah, there I look at it as there's kind of there's two types of people. There's the first type that can just look at a very simple picture. You know, I could show them one photo of a piece that I built and they're going to be able to go build it. And if they do go build it, I'm totally fine with that. Then there are the other kind of people who want to like follow everything to a T and they want to plan. But I think that for those kind of people, you're you're doing them a service by selling them a plan because that's the way that they think and that's how they're able to function. And so it's giving them the ability to do something that they might not otherwise be able to do. Yeah, mm. I know. I know there's like Jay Bates. I know that's one of the big ways he like one of the big ways is he makes revenue is less mm-hmm. the the like sponsor model that me and Ben have or less the Patreon modern model that you're doing, Chris, is a lot of his money comes from doing plans and stuff like that. So right. what, would, what would you guys sort of say? And here's another thing, right? Like what if you're, uh, well, actually I'll, t- I'll tell a, re- a real story to, so, so it's less of a hypothetical. Okay. Um, the, one of the only times I made a video and I didn't publish it uh, was because I'd post, I normally post teasers to projects on Instagram. And so I post mm-hmm. an image like a week before I'm done editing the video. Yeah. Um, and uh, I had posted a concrete project and uh, a guy that sort of makes sort of a similar type uh, concrete uh, product and sells them and charges really large amounts of money to make these sort of custom, really cool concrete things. Uh, yeah. He emailed me and sort of said, uh, hey, you know, uh, I'd really appreciate it if you don't publish that video because mm. uh, this is how I do it. I know some people know how this sort of technique for making things, um, but not everyone does. And a lot of people are always trying to copy me. Um, and I would just appreciate, you know, you not sort of publishing this yeah. sort of specific yeah. technique. He needs a patent. <laughs> I, well, well you know he, 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 here's the thing. I, and so I said, you know what? He, he, I was like, of course, I, I won't. I won't do it. So I, you know, even though I'd already, you know, mostly edited the video, produced the whole project, 
I had it lined up with the sponsors. I I just never published it. Um, right. And because I don't want that on my conscience of sort of interfering with somebody else's livelihood. Right. Because I I do understand what he's saying. And uh, in that particular case, uh, I had seen his work before on Pinterest. I hadn't associated ah. the name with the face. Um, I never, he doesn't publish anything about how it's made, but I immediately sort of looked at it. I was like, oh, I know how to make this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I sort of, you know, could, could do it. So uh, I don't think, I think I would have had the idea even if I never saw his stuff because it's similar to an architectural technique for architectural model making, uh, which right. is in my sort of educational background. Um, and it's sort of applied to sort of a concrete item. Um, so in that case, it's like, you know, I would very, if I would have published a video and a lawsuit would have happened, I'm very comfortable with my sort of legal standing on it. Um, but just out of sort of courtesy, you know, within this sort of making community, obviously I'm not going, going to do that. Um, I think, I think it's good that you did that, like out of good faith, um, to the guy. Um, but I don't think that he would have anything to worry about because the type of person who's going to see something and build it versus the person who's going to buy an expensive piece of furniture are not, there's no, there's no link between those people. Those are very different people. And and that's, that's actually really good that you said that because most of the reactions to these things are emotional, not practical. Right. Right. And the worse somebody's, you know, sort of business or financial situation is going, the more they're likely they are to sort of call victim to something, right? And that's that's not an indictment. That's totally understandable. I, I would, I'm sure, I would be the same way. If if, if things weren't going well, one aspect of business, and I saw someone else thriving on something that was derivative of what I was doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> as <Yeah>. as logical <laughs> and rational as I'd be, like. <laughs> There's going to be a little uh, uh, heart rate rise in right. me when when I when I see that. Uh, one case where it did happen and it was kind of ugly was with the spiral staircase. Uh-oh. So mm-hmm. when I when I did the spiral staircase, I was like, "This is awesome! No one else has thought of this. This is great!" Right? Well, not exactly. Um, <laughs> so when the there was an uh, a design exhibition right near my old uh, architecture office, and they did this really cool spiral concrete modular staircase and that's actually was the inspiration i was like oh i want to i walk by it every day to get coffee uh it's it's like three blocks from my office and that sort of inspired it totally different well about a month after i published uh, my video on instagram this guy just started saying you stole this design you stole this you stole this you stole this and just like really rude and unreasonable yeah and it wasn't so apparently there's this like scandinavian dude uh i think tron myers his name really fantastic architect who designed a very similar staircase um and it was made out of sort of you know uh they use this like very thick scandinavian like solid wood Uh and it's definitely different it's not plywood but the basic concept of a spiral staircase made out of stack layers of wood yep it's pretty similar (laughs) Uh, and he never accused me of anything and i sort of emailed him and said look uh there's a lot of similarities I actually hadn't yours isn't the design that i saw it was this other one um but you know just all due respect and let me know if you if you want to talk about it and he didn't really ever you know he just responded yes i understand uh but this other friend of his or uh, i think it was a client of his that probably, i think paid a lot of money for one of these custom ones <laughs> uh, and then yeah. saw me sort of saying hey look i did 800 one um so you know i've i've been on sort of you know, uh, sort of both ends of that spectrum. Um, 
and uh, it was, you know, I definitely like, I, I don't get too emotional about work stuff, but it was definitely like very upsetting and aggravating to have somebody sort of accuse you of like ripping something off or stealing it when you yeah. know you didn't do it. I was just like, <laughs> yep. no, I, I would have called, I would have cited him as like an inspiration if I, if I would have seen that. Um, but yeah. I think it's funny that people also, that's always the immediate, and it goes back to your point about being emotional, is that that's always like the gut reaction of even a third party who see, or who's just witnessing the two of you and says like, hey, person A, or you know, this other person copied you. Um, it's funny that that's their gut reaction rather than that two people could just come up with the same idea independently of each other. Like, you know, anybody who came up with that staircase idea like you did, it could have easily come from one of those, uh, I don't know what they're called, but like those wind fans that kind of just spiral and then it looks like it's going up kind of like a barbershop pole. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Right. Mm-hmm. That just, I mean, it's kind of similar to one of those. So inspiration could come from anywhere or it could just come from the fact that that type of processing is still kind of in its infancy. So while this wasn't even a possibility 15 years ago, you know, and now that it is, 150 different people around the world could kind of come up with an idea that's pretty similar. Yeah, it, it, and it's also, I think, the word, st- uh, when somebody says they stole it, I think that's mm-hmm. the the word. And when people say, that, oh, this guy stole your design, I'm like, yeah, well. Yeah, because that means there's, like, malice behind let me, it. Let, no, it also implies, like, actual physical theft right like let me look at my covered of designs oh no and ideas oh no my ideas are still there yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not missing uh, right it's not yeah, like it he stole a video it file away from you right it's not like he stole a hard drive and then published all my video files that would be stolen but no Duplicate if somebody them. built uh uh if somebody you know builds my bucket stools and sells them which which people do uh they're not stealing it. They're going and buying materials. They're doing work. No, they saw an idea and they took action from that idea. I didn't lose anything. Um, and it's not like the digital music sort of theft versus sort of download thing. Um, I was not sort of, they in no way uh, hindered my sort of business abilities. Mm-hmm. Now, they would right. if they sort of were massively sort of republishing my videos. Um, or if you were trying to that. sell the bucket stools. Right. I think that's the big part about it, too. Exactly. We're, not, we're not trying to sell what we're building. Or in mass yeah, and, quantities. And that's a reason why I don't like making and selling stuff too. Yeah, uh, is that I don't want to infringe on, on, on you know, on those kind of things unless it's something I do you know have the uh, a patent to like the U by four or something yeah. like that. And if anything, it's kind of a compliment because I've seen other people that have either tagged me on Instagram, people that you know make stuff and sell them. I've even had a few people that have like small like handmade like boutique stores that. Uh, build some of the stuff that I've designed. And if anything, it's a compliment. It's like, oh, cool. I made something that's cool enough yeah. that you want to build it and then sell it to other people and they buy it. Awesome. You know what I mean? So it's all positive. Yeah, you're making something that could conceivably be sold. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. a positive. Exactly. That's like, yeah, reassuring. So <laughs> now, now, for those people that actually do uh, consume sort of woodworking plants and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of theft, Make sure if you ever, ever, ever come across wood pricks or Ted's woodworking plans, <laughs> yep. <laughs> do not support those things. They're, that's largely theft. That um, is. is that like the, I have 16,000 plans, mm-hmm. those yeah. things that you, yeah, I always get those comments on. Yep. Yeah, be, be really cautious anytime you're sort of uh, 
buying a big conglomeration of woodworking plans. Um, there's a couple out there that are poorly terrible, cataloged. <laughs> right? They're poorly cataloged. You're just going to get a bunch of digital files that are going to be more harm than good. If you're going to get plans, get them from the person that actually did them. They'll they'll be better quality, and they'll probably be willing to answer your questions if you just purchased their pan, uh, their plans and stuff like that. And you're supporting yep. the person that made it instead of stole it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Beware wood pricks. I, I've not seen that one. I always see. I would see Ted's, and oh, then yep. I would see uh, oh, a name, not Pablo, but something like that. I would always see <laughs> Pedro. Maybe Pedro's. I get, I get Pedro's sixteen thousand woodworking plans. Go for it, Chris. How would you feel, sort of like emotionally, like if it's like tomorrow uh-huh. you saw like West Elm publishing like a one-legged right. little side um, thing? Like what? What would be your reaction? Conflicted, I guess. Yeah, like one part of you would be like, "Oh, that's kind of." I wouldn't be mad again because like I have no intention of selling these things. I guess the only thing I would be hurt by would be, "Hey, they should have just reached out to me, yeah. and we could have like done something together." Mm-hmm. And so maybe I would try to put a positive spin on it and reach out to them and like you know. To try to approach it from a positive angle to see if there's a, the ability to work together instead of getting defensive because I know there's nothing I could do. And then on the other end, kind of going back to Mike's um, statement of there's a, a kind of validation to it of, you know, these people whose whole job is to is to make money selling furniture and they look at this design and say, hey, here's the, here's the best way to make money is by producing something like this. This is what people want. Yeah, I don't know that I would feel okay if it was a big company like West Elm or something like that. I think it's, I think it's different when you've got like a nationwide chain selling your stuff yeah. because they should have done their like due diligence and protected themselves legally anyways. But I don't know if you know of a guy named Sam Larson. He's like a like an illustrator, artist. Uh, I follow him on Instagram, but he has uh, a few designs that Forever 21, I think was who it was, uh, they just like took his art and then put it on t-shirts and started selling it. Or they like changed oh, a tiny, <laughs> tiny bit of it. But they basically like stole his designs and started printing them on t-shirts and didn't ask him about it, pay him for it or anything. So there's things like that where that's that's sh- that's really shady. I would not be happy about that. It's also worse because think about the barrier to entry of sell of of mass producing shirts and selling them. It's yep. not that hard. Like yeah. any one of us could do that. Whereas the barrier to entry to mass producing furniture is pretty big. That's true. Right, but it would. But that that is. I mean, that's sort of like a practical distinction, but not necessarily yeah. like an right. ethical one. Yeah, it's ethically I think kind a, of another example. Is I think. Well, Snapchat, right? Snapchat gets criticized a lot for a lot of makeup artists would criticize Snapchat and say, you took the idea for one of your our, uh, one of the Snapchat filters from uh, an Instagram post. And there's, t- oh. you know, if you search sort of like, if you search Snapchat rips off makeup artists, you'll see all these things where people, these makeup artists did these really sort of crazy, you know, sort of face painting things posted it and then there's like snapchat filters that came like six months later that are like exactly oh, i didn't even know same. that was happening we're not we're not all as big into the makeup game as you are ben <laughs> i know i know well you <laughs> he's know, got hey, that sponsorship I'm, I'm an influencer on, on many levels <laughs> I know. Um, but it, it was interesting because I, I i could sort of see both sides uh i could definitely see the sort of small sort of individual content producer and makeup artist being like hey this big company did this and didn't acknowledge me didn't name it after me didn't right. do this and I can also see the company saying, like, no, we're our, our designers get inspiration from everywhere. And we didn't copy that image and then use that that you posted. We 
uh, took sort of conceptual information from it, not prescriptive or procedural information, conceptual ones. And did you patent that specific makeup combination and stuff like that? And it's not even makeup, it's, it's digital. So I get it. And to be fair, can Snapchat really complain when then Facebook goes? Right. I mean, <laughs> right. uh, Facebook goes and puts uh, Instagram stories in place and things yeah. like that. So the, I think the, the larger, and I think this will sort of wrap it up, is there in, in any sort of business uh, that I've ever been a part of, there's always been times where I felt like people were taking something from me or copying or stealing, whether it was a business model idea, uh, architectural designs, uh, uh, furniture designs. But I, I fight that, that feeling of victimization with like every bit of like discipline that I have, because I find that the more I feel like I'm wrong, like the less creative and prolific I am. And it puts me in this sort of defensive, sort of reactive state rather than like a productive and creative one. So I just know there'll be times when things aren't fair and people will will, will cross that line in their, in their ways. I also know there'll be times when people think that I did that to them, <laughs> even though I, I trust my own intentions and, and, and would never do that uh, on purpose. Um so I think the thing is to, when you feel like you've been wronged or, uh, or something like that, really sort of actually go through and say, what did I, what did I really lose here? And the other day this, this happened, uh, this stupid Facebook woodworking site, it's like insane woodworking or something stupid <laughs> like that. They keep stealing my videos and they don't <laughs> like I, I let anyone repost my videos if they just, you know, link to the YouTube link to that so that there's. You know, the people watching them and like them have access to the longer format, more instructional yeah. content. They never respond to the messages. They do this really crazy way of embedding them. So it's a real pain to report them and take them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was getting all annoyed because I was like sending messages and trying to get an answer. And then I was like, wait, what did I really lose? Like nothing. They got a couple hundred thousand views on it. I'm still doing fine. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Just go make the next video. Yep. So I guess that's the bottom line. So unshackle yourself from your old ideas so that you can explore new ones. And West Elm, yeah. hit me up, and we'll start mass producing those bad Larrys. <laughs> but be and, and but be t- air on the you know always put yourself into somebody else's business model in their shoes, and they're sort of you know both creatively and sort of financially. It's like you know how do, how do they make their money? Are you infringing on it? Are you making something too easy that you know they worked really hard to sort of formulize right. and stuff? Yeah. Should we uh, move on to the hypothetical? If you got a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I, got a, I got a pretty good one. Okay. Uh, this, uh, user this is submitted? user submitted. Though, or listener man, submitted. I forgot to copy the guy's name down. So next week I'm going to say what the guy's name was. I'll look it up. But it was on either Twitter or Instagram. Before we uh, go, I just want to say a shout out. I saw the post that Chris put out asking for hypotheticals and i saw like 20 something comments on it so shout out to everybody that left some hypotheticals obviously we can't choose them all so so we're only gonna do 19 of them right now yeah exactly (laughs) rapid fire (laughs) here we go maybe we'll do that one (laughs) the lightning round of hypothetical questions okay so yeah thank you everybody for for all the submissions um but this one was i'll uh i'll censor it but uh mary have sex with kill you guys know that game, right? <laughs> but I think it's just better to just put a bleep in. That sounds less awful. Mary, Mary, <laughs> kill. Uh, 
with the guys from the Making Sounds It worse. podcast. It <laughs> Mary Fart. Well, oh, that makes sense. Mary Fart Kill. So, we, so you created yeah, a so different the, version the, of it. The version, the clean version we're going to do is we're going to do hang out with, partner uh-huh. with, and collaborate with I each like of those better. three people. Or collaborate. <laughs> yeah. So better choices. Partner with would be like a long yes. business partnership, and collaborate with would be like a single yeah. project. You guys want me to go first since I've been going last on everything? Yeah. Right. Go for it. So I would hang out with David because okay. I think we could play music together, and I know that he likes making puns, and I like making puns. So I think we'd have a good time hanging out. A couple punny dudes. Yeah, we're punny guys. Um, I would collaborate with Jimmy because I think it would be really cool to learn from him. And I think that a collaboration would be better just because, like I've said in the past, we're like on the opposite ends of the spectrum in the maker yeah. world. So it'd be interesting to see what that middle ground was. And for a long-term partnership, I think Bob and I would be the best pairing because i think that at the core of our personalities we're probably more similar in terms of like long-term planning and that type of thing and i think that when you're talking about a partnership you really want to look at the long term and compatibility so those are my three choices that's cool i'll go next so i would also hang out with david and i would encourage him to bring back uh for one night only, the drunken woodworker. <laughs> Not that we would get drunk and do Sand woodworking. Sand your knuckles but, off. Uh, I say, we already talked about this. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> well, 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 Dave Pachuto's voice, and I think it's because he's from the same part of the country, uh, always reminds me of one of my favorite authors, uh, Chuck Klosterman. Um, it's sort of that Midwest uh, kind of, that North Midwest kind of accent. Um so I would just do whiskey and beer samplings with David and just talk all things shop and uh, uh, digital media. Yeah. Um, with uh, For collaboration for a video project, it would do Bob. Just I think he has a different skill set, something, you know, combining sort of uh, more sort of electronics and, and coding with sort of uh, uh, my sort of design and making. We also uh, are both... Uh, pretty proficient in 3D modeling, so I think that could be cool. And partner with Jimmy, not because he's so organized, but because I would just want to be his like digital sensei and like fix his phone <laughs> calendar and his like email system for a day. Also, I think there's a lot of interesting ideas in his sort of intuitive ways of kind of his sort of orderly disorder. Uh-huh. Uh, I think. Watching someone that has a system that doesn't make sense immediately but makes sense to them always sort of intrigues me. Uh, it's like that question that uh, Peter Thiel always asks where he says, what's something you believe that other people think is crazy? Well, I think Jimmy's got like a lot of those in terms of like organizational practices. And I think there's some like interesting ideas in there. That's cool. Yeah, I think... If I remember right, I think my choices are the same as yours, Ben, for almost the same reason is I would like to partner on a project with Bob. And I know what project I would like to do. I think it would be a cool project where uh, a couple of weeks ago I built that full length mirror and I had a few people in the comments say I should have made it a smart mirror. Have you all seen those before? Mm, yeah, the yeah. kind where like in the corner it tells you what the weather's like that day. It kind of gives you like all kind. Of, it's just like a little Arduino that gives you like your weather and news for the morning. And I think that would be really cool, but I've got no idea how to use Arduinos. I've got no coding skills. So I think that could be like a cool like way of working together and me kind of learning something new. Um, yeah. And then I think Dave would be a really fun guy to hang out with. He's a funny dude. And uh, yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. And then 
partnering, I think I would like to partner with Jimmy. I think that's where we're different, Ben, um, in that I would almost like to be on the video side because I really enjoy uh, the different aspects of making videos look good. I just don't always have the time or the ability to do necessarily what I want because I'm trying to film myself and right. do what I'm doing. So I think it could be cool to kind of uh, be the be the guy that can come in and work on stuff, but also kind of run the video aspect of things. That would be a kind of cool combo, I think, because, yeah, I really I really enjoy the like production side of making videos, but I don't I don't exercise that bone as much as I would like to. So, yeah, yeah I think that would be mine. Cool. All right, so then uh, should we move on to what we're obsessed with? Anybody got anything good? Yes. Yes. I am obsessed with giant heavy steel beams right now. No. So <laughs> heavy yeah, metal. I got a, a, I, I'm actually like uh, debating w- whether or not I need to like sort of secure it. So I actually had a 240 pound. I think it was about 240 250 pound block of wood get stolen out of my uh, yard before (laughs) so i feel pretty safe with like a 300 pound block of steel but still part of me is a little bit worried so figure out what uh, you don't want to mess with with the guy who steals it though man (laughs) i know (laughs) so i'm I'm sort of obsessed with home security and uh, uh how to protect these giant cumbersome pieces of material yeah that's funny chris what are you obsessed with I am obsessed with something that I had mentioned a couple weeks ago, and that was cameras. Remember, I was researching which one to get. So I finally, it finally yeah. got released, and I got it, the Panasonic GH5, which... I saw that. Mike, with what you were talking about last week about continuous recording, the GH5 can record indefinitely, you know, oh, until it runs wow. out of battery. So if you have it hardwired nice. into something, it can keep going, because it's got the, tool, or the two SD card slots. You can hot swap yep. them out, and it'll just keep switching which one it's recording to. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Don't, don't start making. Don't start I'm doing it, man. I'm doing my. I'm going to Hawaii zombie. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing your idea. That intellectual yeah. property is mine. Speaking of, yeah, yeah, that's that's perfect for this week's um, topic. <laughs> so I don't know. Here, you guys can tell me if I'm kind of crazy. So even though I have my camera and everything, it's all you know, it's all ready to go. When I'm filming stuff, still, so like the two by four challenge, which I'm filming after I got the camera, I'm still using my old camera. Just because this camera is like so crazy in terms of how many options it has and how many things you can do with it that I don't trust myself. Like I'm afraid like, oh, I'm going to have like all the settings wrong and the video is not going to come out. So I'm like, I just got to keep like playing with it for a couple weeks. And then once I'm comfortable with that, I know how to use it, then I'll start implementing it in my YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. She used it to get some like B-roll yeah. shots at first. That's what I was thinking. I'll yeah. even just do like kind of a fake project to test it out or something. Yeah. Or just like take some like set your camera up and then just sec just set up a second second angle. If you use oh, it, awesome. True. If not, who cares? You know, two angles. It's like a no risk way of using it. Yep. But yeah, I'm obsessed with using hardwoods. I've used them for the past like month. And I I have a hard time wanting to go back to Home Depot and getting like just one by common boards now because I found no more, no more construction materials for finished furniture for <laughs> just you. Just in time for the two problem, by four challenge. I don't have problems using like uh you know four by fours or two bys and stuff like that. But when it comes to just like straight pine, just like one by eights and stuff like that, I found a hardwood dealer that I can get like maple for barely more than i can buy the pine really yeah oh wow when it comes because i did a board foot calculator and i can get the 
hard maple for cheaper than I can get the select pine mm-hmm. at Home Depot. So, um, yeah, I mean, pine's cool. Like I said, two by fours are great. Two by eights are cool. But when it comes to like one by material, I'm, I'm, I think I'm sticking with walnut, maple, and stuff like that because it's, it's really nice to work with. It's, yeah. it's a lot. It's, yeah. you know, that's actually something that I was wondering because I've never really built anything with two by fours before. So like this bench that I'm building, how is it going to be in six months from now? Like, will it hold up like I'm used to, or is it going to just like warp all over the place? I was about to say, you might, you might have one of the legs kind of trying to come up on you or something like that okay. as it dries. It may try and warp a yeah. little bit, but usually I haven't the- had too bad results. When I when I've glued together like butcher block style slabs and stuff with a two by four, mm-hmm. uh, they they normally hold up pretty good, yeah. especially if you have mechanical fasteners or even like biscuits oh, in man, there in addition to sort of glue. <laughs> right. The the and I, my my kitchen cabinets are made out of two by fours. Now, granted, I went through and picked pretty careful ones. I got kiln dried ones. Um, so uh, yeah, but. No, they're they, they're they're a little squirrely. Yeah, it kind of it kind of raises the the degree of difficulty a little bit. Nice. Yeah, I think that's one of the misconceptions too of when people like get into woodworking is sometimes it may actually be easier to just spend a little bit of extra and get get some cherry or get some oak or something instead yeah. of getting some like common boards because the wood's a little more stable or it'll be a little more square or uniform throughout. So yeah, it's kind of one of those things that. I don't know. People, people yeah. do what you want. <laughs> yeah. And it's also just how patient you are picking through the pile of two by fours. That's the big part of it. Yeah. Right. Like if you're, and also different piles are, you know, I think we said this in the previous podcast, like sometimes you go to Home Depot or wherever and there's like, like almost every two by four in the big <laughs> stack is like perfect. Yep. And other times they're all naughty and twisted. Yeah. So if it's a bad day, you know, don't force it. Just come back in a day or two yep. when they get and when, when you get find those load. good ones hoard them <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then store them store them flat with some weights on them to keep them all keep them all square that's a good look oh, speaking of two by four challenges should we give a little updates on that yeah i got my project i'm really excited about it i i'm not gonna say what it is uh i'll i'll throw some teasers it's up a on bench the isn't it now. It's a bench. No, <laughs> we're all doing benches. Uh, so we encourage everybody to get a couple two by fours and see what you can make. Post it on Instagram. Tag. Oh, I'm using I'm using reclaimed two Whoa. by fours. Oh, you charge better. more for that. So yeah. So make something cool. Don't worry about the rules. Just generally try to make it out of two two by fours. Make it awesome. If you want to use other stuff, great. If you don't, yep, yep. don't. Um, Tag us in it, Modern Maker Podcast. Uh, we we did a whole post on it where we sort of have a uh, into the comment section. We sort of discuss some of the the rules and general intent. Yeah. So check us out on Instagram, Modern Maker Podcast. Yeah, and and whenever you post your final thing, do do the little album feature where you can add multiple pictures. And if you want to take a couple progress photos, that's always really fun to kind of see how things get made, or at least a couple ideas of if you do kind of something interesting in the process. Uh, that's always really fun to share. So if you can take some progress pics. And we're going to, we're going to try to post all of our videos in early May, hopefully May 1st. Um, but don't worry because the contest is going to run all the way for until the 1st of June. So you'll have a a whole month to take inspiration from our videos. Yep. I think that's the big part is just be creative. Don't let the rules paralyze you. Just go for it. Yep. 
Awesome. Well, if you enjoy the podcast and you're not already subscribed, make sure and do that. You're going to make your life a whole lot easier. And if you haven't reviewed the podcast, we would really appreciate it. Uh, we've been getting quite a few nice reviews in the past couple weeks, so keep them coming. We read them all. We really appreciate it. And yeah, if you got any cool constructive feedback, feel free to throw that into a five-star review as well. Um, if you have any questions, any hypothetical ideas, Anything like that, you can hit us up on the Modern Maker Podcast Instagram, which you should be following, or you can hit us up through our website contact form if you've got a voice message you want to play. Otherwise, unless you guys have anything, I guess we'll see you next see you week. Next week. Yeah. Or, or the oh, yeah. weekend. Don't see forget the weekend show. The weekend show. Don't forget. Yeah, we'll see you Saturday. Right. Man, I need, to get, I need to get this stuff locked down. It's all good. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.